set up Zero Smart with, with that goal in mind of making it as, as easy as possible for people to have the biggest environmental impact. Hello and welcome to the Rethink Now podcast with me, Edward Lamb. Today I am joined by John Munn from Zero Smart. Zero Smart offer quite a simple solution. For as little as £6 per month, you can offset your carbon footprint. Now, this is based on the average UK carbon footprint of 13.4 tonnes per person per year. I was a little bit of an offsetting sceptic to begin with, and I'm sure, or perhaps you might be too. But have a listen to what John has to say, because the service that they offer and the projects that they invest in are very carefully selected and are fully verified and accredited. We have a good chat about how the business started, John's background, and where he thinks it's headed, and where we indeed are headed as a civilization in general. A really interesting episode. Thanks, John, for joining us, and I hope you enjoy it. Right, let's do it then. Okay, John, um, thanks so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate you giving up your time here. I've been looking at Zero Smart on the website. Um, I must say, initially, I was a slight skeptic about offsetting stuff, but just from what I've seen and the conversation we've already had before we came on air, you're starting to win me around a little bit. So we'll come on to that in a bit. But do you want to start by kind of telling us um, a bit about your background and uh, and how Zero Smart was formed, if that's okay? Yeah. So uh, Zero Smart kind of came about by by accident almost. It was uh, my partner and I were looking into how to reduce our own carbon footprints. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of achieve that that golden net zero target, you know, be carbon neutral. And we found that it was more difficult than we initially anticipated. So there's there's only so much reduction can do. And we we did all all the the standard things, you know, we were recycling, we were giving up meat, we were uh, traveling less, all that all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then the more we looked into it, the more we realized that there's still quite a long way to go. So you're looking into ways to, to, to reduce that part and, and, and to achieve that, that goal of being carbon neutral easier. So we came across this thing called carbon offsetting mm-hmm. and we were like, oh, like, this is great. Like, why, why do people, more people not know about this? Like, this is exactly what, we're, what we're, we were looking for at the time. Like, we were like, yes, give, take my money now, do it. And we were looking into how to do that. And we found these other organizations that were offering it. And this was like the early days of carbon offsetting, I guess. And it was a, a bit of a wild west at the time. Like uh, we decided not to go with those people that were doing the individual things. There were some, some questionable things there. And we decided to look into it on a, on a bigger scale, going kind of the more wholesale route with it. Mm-hmm. And there are enormous order requirements uh, for things beyond what an individual could reasonably expect it to kind of go in with. Okay. So we were like, well, this is a big problem. We want to kind of do something, take responsibility here. We want to do it for ourselves. But if we're having this problem, and I'm sure other people are having this problem, we want it should be easy. You know, it's such an important problem. It should be easy for people to kind of have an impact. And, and to reduce their own carbon footprint as much as possible. So, yeah, we set up Zero Smart with, with that goal in mind of making it as, as easy as possible for people to have the biggest environmental impact as possible. Yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, I guess my, my only 
and my skepticism about offsetting came because I got an email maybe a year or two ago off from EasyJet, you know, so hands up. I've been on a plane uh, at some point in the last five years or so. Um, it's been a while, to be honest, but that's partly due to the fact we can't really go anywhere at the moment. Um, but yeah, the, the, I remember the EasyJet email saying um, that from now on, all of our flights are completely carbon neutral or words to that effect. And this was before I was kind of really getting obsessed with environmental stuff. But I, even then, I remember thinking, you know, surely not. <laughs> How's that work? So um, tell us a bit about the process um, that go through, because it's kind of a membership um, scheme that you operate through Zero Smart. So people can sign up as individuals or families or even for their pets. And they give a, a monthly or a weekly, sorry, donation or not. Donation is not the right word. Is it a contribution, I guess, towards projects that you kind of seek out? So if I sign up for the individual package, which is, I think, from pound fifty a week on your, through your website, what happens when that when that order um, comes through to you? Yeah, so um, a lot of what we do at the Zero Smart, like the bit that we do is kind of finding the right projects to fund. Mm -hmm. So we look through the scientific papers, we find the right accreditors, like we work with the UN and with the gold standard, which is WWF's uh, kind of project to, to, to accredit these. Yeah. So we look through and find the ones that have the biggest impact, not just in terms of environmental impact, but also the social impact as well, because we find that the most uh, long-term, the most successful projects tend to have that social impact as well, because you need to involve local people. Um, otherwise, the problem just gets shifted elsewhere. Yeah. So we find projects that kind of are more holistic, ones that are properly verified and independently verified by trusted third parties like the UN and things. Um, so, yeah, a lot of what we do is finding the right project and then we use the, the funds that we've got from our membership base and from other things as well that we do um, to, to fund those projects, to enable those projects to happen. So mm -hmm. a lot of the time that is funding for the projects and kind of that side of things, but there's also in terms of any other way that we can help. So uh, kind of introductions and things like that, which are always free. Um, but the actual projects themselves, we... Take, take the funds from our subscribers and we use those funds in kind of the projects have the most positive, the biggest positive environmental impact possible. So, yeah, is, is there some kind of website that you're checking, which is like crowdfunder or Kickstarter for environmental projects? What's, what's, the, uh, <laughs> what's, what's the process that you go through and where are you, where are you looking? <clears throat> yeah, I, I wish it was as developed as Kickstarter. And I wish it was as simple to use as Kickstarter. There are things out there called carbon exchanges, which is uh, a, as dull as it sounds. Um, they're kind of set up by scientists, for scientists largely, or very large conglomerate companies, kind of people with that. You, you need to know what you're reading, I guess. Right. So they tend to have like 50, 50 page long documents on how the, how, the impact was measured and who's verifying it and the scientific process they've gone through and why it works and all this kind of stuff. So yeah, it, there are exchanges out there uh, and that's a big part of it. So uh, like the gold standard verified projects and things might be on exchanges and all that kind of stuff. Part of it is, is, is knowing people um, and having kind of links with organizations that are doing things and checking that they're verified and all that kind of stuff as well. Yeah. So can you give us an exa example of, of a project or two that you've you've invested in so far? I guess um, we we talked about this before we came on, but the the web uh, zero smart website 
good website by the way it's kind of has a little bit of a focus towards trees and i, I wonder if that's kind of um deliberate because from the work that i've done in an event we ran last uh, late last year actually in 2020 an environmental kind of webinar we got some local campaigners and mps together and a lot of the questions that that were asked were around trees so there's obviously uh there is a lot of demand um globally to plant more trees so are your projects just based around that or is it is that just a kind of a way to kind of get get people through the door and then you can open them up to other ways of offsetting yeah so that's a really interesting question um trees are yeah i like trees by the way i am pro trees for the record <laughs> yes so am i trees are, are a part of the solution and um, trees do have a really great particularly our biodiversity impact and um, but their their impact on on carbon reduction is a little bit limited and mm -hmm. um, each tree over a 25 year life lifespan reduces about 308 kilos of co2 or co2 equivalent uh, which sounds like a lot but our carbon footprints are more like 13.4 tons yeah of of co2 co2 equivalent uh, and that's a 25 year lifespan of a tree as well and almost all of that impact is in, in is in the latter stages of that tree's life the last five to ten years so when you plant a tree it's great you, you've done a lot but the impact is a bit bit further down the line than, than you think it is and the tree has to survive and not be cut down all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. so the impact that trees has is is important but it is limited now that being said people understand trees trees are very visible people people get it um so there's a big part of kind of engaging with people on that front and being like trees are great but these other projects uh have a bigger have a bigger environmental impact and so if you really want to reduce your carbon footprint and you really want to avert the climate crisis absolutely plant some trees but there's this other stuff that is kind of more important that we do now you know <laughs> there's there's this other stuff that we need to do mm -hmm. so we do have a tree planting part of what we do but the majority is kind of these other projects that have the bigger carbon reduction and carbon uh, it's called sequestration, like carbon reduction, carbon removal impact. So, yeah, it's engaging people with what they understand, but at the same time, trying to make sure that you have the biggest impact possible for those people. So yeah. it's a balancing act. Yeah, it's a proper journey of discovery, isn't it? So yeah, I like that idea that you can take the work that you're doing and you can kind of introduce people to this world. And I guess the initial um, benefit of of signing up to a, to zero smart is that yeah you can you can offset your your carbon footprint uh, which a lot of people will want to do uh, for various reasons i guess i've i've done some carbon footprinting a lot actually and it's tricky to get your exact figure there's the wwsf tool that i've i've used quite a lot which is dead easy a really cool website i don't quite trust the number that it kicks out at the end kind of i think i'm on 8 8 or 9 tons per year um so to get someone's actual carbon footprint is tricky in itself, isn't it? Yeah, this is this is one of the things that really amazes me that we've not got to a point where we fix this yet, where people measure CO2 and CO2 impact in different ways. And there's no kind of set international standard or set international benchmark or, or regulation on the way that people do that. So some people say the UK carbon footprint is five tonnes. Some people say it's nine tonnes. Uh, the most accurate figure that we found is 13.4 tons 
Um, but then some people say things like you can plant one tree and it'll offset your entire life. Or other people say it's a, a billion trees. You know, there's there's so much variation in there that it's difficult for people to know what to trust and, and to kind of know things. And the quicker that gets regulated, the better, because people need to need to trust those figures that are coming out. People need to know what their carbon footprint is accurately. Yeah. Now, there are difficulties with measuring a carbon footprint accurately it depends where that impacts happened how that's happened um all, all sorts of different factors go into that um but you can standardize things to a certain extent so that we're all measuring it in the same kind of way the same kind of conditions to a to a certain extent right um, but in the meantime it's a case of using a composite of different sources and taking the highest figures because this this is a problem that uh, we need to. It's one of those things that if you do too much, like you reduce your carbon footprint too much, it's not too big a problem. <laughs> but if you don't reduce it enough, it's a catastrophic problem. You know. Yeah. So we always take the highest figures so that if we offset too much, great. You know. But at least we've done what we were supposed to do. Yeah, it's, it's tricky, you know, because we run, um, in fact, I've, I've just recorded an episode with the Carbon Literacy Project, which should be out. It's very similar time to this one. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, and, and we, as Rethink, we have um, with a local uh, rural environmental network charity, we did some carbon literacy courses for community groups um, throughout 2020 online. So, you know, we were delivering these, these courses and asking people to calculate their carbon footprint beforehand so that they could we could discuss it as a group. Uh, and it's it's I found it tricky yeah to kind of reference material and, and links and statistics that I knew you know wouldn't land us in trouble a year or two down the line because you hear things get banded around a lot in terms of not just where our carbon footprints are now but you know what they need to be so you know I threw out some kind of um, some stats to kind of really wake people up in terms of okay your footprint might be 10 tons now but by 2030 it needs to be um two three tons per year perhaps um always with a bit of an asterisk at the end saying you know <laughs> do your own research and here's where we found these stats from um but i did find that you know when you tell people how drastically they need to reduce we all need to reduce our footprints it does really wake people up and you can kind of even even through zoom you get that kind of you can see those mouths drop like what <laughs> it's quite a wake-up call isn't it why didn't somebody tell me this before? You know, <laughs> it's like yeah. we, we've, we've been trying. Um, but I think that's part of the, the kind of the core thing, especially with Zero Smart, is people have been telling people for a long time, like, you should do this, you should cut out meat, you should uh, stop driving, and all these kinds of things. And it's all well and good telling people about it or, or educating people about it. But if, unless you make it easy and like actually possible, realistically possible for people to make these changes, it's not going to happen. Like mm. people are a bit like uh, like the rivers that we need to, to protect. They People tend to take the path of least resistance. And like if something is, is too difficult, then it's unreasonable to expect a, a, enough people to make that change. Yeah. Because like having a handful of people is, is a very famous quote that's attributed to very different people, but it's absolutely right. Having a handful of people that do sustainability perfectly is not as good as having millions of people doing sustainability imperfectly. Yeah. And I think part of making it 
easy for people is exactly that. It's engaging people, being like, you can do this, you can do that. This is how to do it. And actually, it's really easy. You know, you don't need to become a vegan and get dreadlocks and attack bulldozers every time you see them. Like, there are things that you can do that reasonable, like, that they're easy, that you can engage with it, you know. And people tend to grow from there. So they'll do one thing and then they'll, they'll do a bit more and then they'll do a bit more. And they start to see themselves in, in that kind of light and they become more environmental and, and make better choices as time goes on. But enabling people to have a very big impact very quickly, very easily, which is absolutely possible now. We have the technology for that. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what we need to do to more. We need to do more of that. Cool. So how coming on to the, yeah, the zero smart way, how, how are you finding in terms of people that are signing up um, for, for one of your packages and memberships? Um, are, have you got any insight into are they using the offsetting tools and the, your system to continue their lives of kind of belching out carbon into the atmosphere and using it to, as an excuse to, oh, I'll just nip to Dubai this weekend just because just I've got nothing else to do? Or, um, <laughs> or, or are you finding that it, the opposite is true, perhaps that it's, uh, it's making them think more about their, 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 life, their lifestyle in general? Yeah, absolutely. Really great question. Um, one of the most common objections to offsetting is people say, when you offset, it gives you a free ticket to pollute as much as possible. You can buy yourself a private jet. You can fly down to Downing Street and do whatever you want. You can, I don't know, go on holiday here, build a rocket ship to Mars. Just some people quote ludicrous stuff. Uh, they, they think that you offset and that's it. You're an evil person from now on. You'll pollute as much as you can. Not the case. Not even half the case. Like uh, the evidence that we've seen and that we see ourselves, like with our own users, um, and also kind of just psychological evidence in general, is that something called the consistency principle tends to step in. So when people offset their carbon footprint, rather than thinking that that means that they can pollute, what they tend to believe, what they tend to start thinking is, I'm an environmental person because they have taken a step to reduce their carbon footprint to zero. If, mm. if they've done it with zero smart, they actually have reduced their carbon footprint to zero. But um, they, they start to say, I have taken an, a massive environmental step. I am an environmental person. And it starts to become part of your identity. You start to look at things in, in a slightly different way. And it, it sounds a bit extreme, and a bit, a, bit, a bit hard to believe, but it's a very well documented kind of a phenomenon that happens it's called it's called the consistency principle Mm. and people say i'm an environmentalist so i am going to do more things that are environmentally friendly so they because it becomes part of their identity they start to see things and make better more environmentally conscious decisions they act consistently with their new identity as an environmental person cool so they actually end up reducing their footprint more and becoming more environmentally friendly. Ah, and perhaps yeah, telling telling friends and family and coworkers, etc., what what they're doing, and the kind of the word spreads that way. Absolutely, they're excited. You know, they're they're helping improve the world and help make things better. And you want to share that with people. You want to humans are a social creature, a social animal. You know, when you're doing something good, you you like to feel good by sharing that with other people and helping other people to do good things. So yeah, you you tend to find that 
people become more environmentally friendly after the offset. Mm-hmm. So they might start their offset their, their environmental journey already, but when they've done that, it's such a big action to say, you know what, I I am I'm a good environmentalist. I'm a good person, you know, and they st- they start to act more consistently with that. Cool. So let's uh, what, let's talk a little bit, if it's okay, about the business model of Zero Smart. And you're a social enterprise or a community interest company, I believe. You can confirm that in a sec. Um, why did you go down that route? And um, yeah, how does it work? You know, I've, there's a few packages available through the website. I can see so in an individual plan, a family plan, and people can gift gift um, the membership to friends and family as well. So yeah, why did, why why social enterprise? Yeah, so we're a social enterprise because it gives us more scope to have a bigger impact. So most people don't realize this, but charities have got quite a lot of restrictions on what they can do and can't do. uh, And they're only allowed to be funded via donations. So a lot of the charity shops on your street, people think that's a charity, but the actual charity shop itself tends to be a community interest company. And then they use all of their money to give to the charity. It's a bit complicated. Right. But it's like a legal thing. So, yeah, we decided to set up as a, as a social enterprise instead of a charity because it allows us more ability to have a bigger impact without so many restrictions on things. Cool. So we can engage people in a much easier way. We can engage more people across a, a bigger area than just the UK. And it's, it's easier to have that impact with people. So that's the, the kind of the model that we, we opted to take. We're all about having the biggest impact possible. It makes sense for us to have a, a structure that we can do that with. Mm-hmm. So in terms of how we do that, we have the subscriptions, which you, you've mentioned, like the individual and the family subscriptions. Um, and we included pets in the family subscription because they're as, as much part of the family as anybody else, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we also kind of do the the one-off purchases for people as well. So uh, some people are uncomfortable with subscriptions. Uh, with our subscription, you can cancel at any time. Um, but we we recognise that people are, are uncomfortable sometimes. Mm-hmm. And as, as part of making it easy, um, we offer the option for people to kind of pay up front so they're not tied in with anything, which is great. You know, It's about, again, making it easy for people to engage with it, removing as many obstacles as possible so that they can have a big impact. So, yeah, that's kind of how, how we do that, how it's structured there. And, and the gifts is so that people can engage with other people in it and be like, Hey, look, like, I know you like this and I got you this, but that kind of brings more people into, into the community. I guess it helps more people get that feeling of, you know what, I am somebody that does things that are good for the environment and I want to do more, you know, and it, it, it helps spread the message a bit and helps share that, that feeling of doing something good for the planet with more people. Cool. There's a, there's a charity I followed, mainly from a marketing point of view actually just the way they advertise and stuff went up because that's my part of the work i do outside of rethink and i know you've said you've got a marketing degree actually so we can talk about that a bit but there's a a charity called charity water us based charity and they do you know they install uh pumps uh, and clean they give clean water to you know people that have to travel miles for it usually around the world so and that when you when you sign up to charity water you get linked to a specific well around the world and you kind of get fed back news about that about how that well's doing and the impact it's having and you get to kind of meet digitally the people that are using that well and benefiting from clean water so what systems do you have in place or i know you you're, it's early days for zero smart what plans do you have for 
uh, keeping people informed about the projects that they've they've invested in or that you're investing their money in on their behalf? Yeah, so we send regular updates for people for what projects we've supported so that they know what's being supported and why we've chosen that project, but also pictures, videos, stories of people involved with that project and how that project's going, um, and even the reports. So in terms of the independently verified scientific reports from people like the UN uh, and Gold Standard, so that people can see that their impact is, is real. Um, the really important part of what we do is one of the biggest challenges that we face, along with uh, helping people move away from trees a little bit, not, not move away, but engage with solutions as well as trees. Uh, the other part is making it tangible for people that it's realistic. Um, so yeah, we find that, that pictures and stories and things really help. Um, a lot of people talk about opening it up so that you can visit the locations, but that's a bit of a double-edged sword because although you might allow people to actually see and touch and feel their impact, like visit the trees that you've planted or visit the, in your case, the well, that you've supported and things. It doesn't really make sense to me doing that method because if, if say the trees are planted in Madagascar, a very popular tree planting location that we use, mm. um, if everybody that's planted those trees flies out to Madagascar to, to check them out, it kind of it defeats the point of doing it in the first place. It ends up having a bigger impact than it, like the wrong kind of impact, you know? Yeah, I know, but wait, it's all right. Flights are all offset now. Did, didn't you get the memo? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's uh, it's yeah. reduction still the biggest thing. You know, people have got to reduce as much as possible. You, you you've got to meet people halfway, and make it easy. But yeah, letting people go to the projects, you need to be really careful about how many people are going to go, how are they going to get there, things like that. So we want to explore that a little bit more and make it more tangible. So we're thinking about introducing like physical things that people can get about it. We uh, we currently offer a certificate that people have about how much that they've reduced their carbon footprint by or offset their carbon footprint by. Um, that a lot of people, some people said it as their PC background and things, other people frame it on the, put it on the wall, you know? Um, so that's part of it being tangible, but the idea of people flying out to visit the locations is, is has got difficulties with it. So we're exploring how to do that. It might be a case of we open up the local sites, so sites in the UK for local people to go and visit and try and if we see like clusters of where our user base is, we might support projects that are very, very close. Mm -hmm. um, but that's not really how the CO2 works. Like if you uh, emit in the UK, it doesn't only affect the UK, you know, this is a global problem. And right. Yeah, there's there's stuff there about making it easy for people to see it and to, and to feel the impact, but also being sensible about it and making sure people aren't polluting in order to go and see it. So yeah, pictures at the moment, pictures, videos, regular updates, uh, stories, the academic papers and, and certificates. Yeah, so. Yeah, cool. It sounds like you've got quite an interesting mix of talents then and, and skills within you within Zero Smart. You've, you've, you, you, clearly, you've you've been through a few scientific papers, which I haven't got a head for that stuff at all, really. Um, so yeah, but you've also got a, a degree in marketing as well. So it sounds like quite a good mix of of, of skills to uh, to get to not only understand the problem but get the message out to people. And that's a huge part of environmentalism, isn't it? Because 
for all the statistics and the crazy numbers that get banded around, there's there's a lack of kind of storytelling uh, yeah. in the environmental world, world, getting the message across. And it's quite rare to come across um, any kind of literature that really gets the message across as to what the situation is for civilization, you know, in a, <laughs> in a quick kind of way. So yeah, have you found your marketing degree has been quite, a, uh, was it a big part of you setting this up in the first first place? Yeah, so kind of. So we see it as the science exists. There are solutions out there that are already available that are realistic and, and can go ahead. The problem that we see a lot of is that the people that have the solutions, the scientists, aren't very good at selling those solutions to, to people and getting the fun and getting the go-ahead for that solution. Some marketers aren't very good at finding the right solutions for things. And so there's a, a disconnect there between the two. They're two very different sets of skills, I suppose. Mm -hmm. So being able to marry those together and bring in kind of well-researched, trusted, verified projects um, with being able to connect those to people that want to make a difference, yeah, kind of is, is the reason why I got into it as somebody kind of with a more marketing background. I wanted to make it simple and easy for people to say, I don't like these solutions exist like I can support them in, in this very simple, very easy way. Get involved. It's, it's about being smart about it, you know, mm -hmm. smart about becoming net zero, smart about um, supporting the right projects and things, bringing, bringing those different sides together. Brilliant. So we'll, we'll kind of wrap things up. I really appreciate your time. But what in terms of the future for Zero Smart, you're in very early stages, really. But you're obviously you you are you're more than aware from what I've heard of the the rapid need to um, to sort ourselves out um, environmentally in the, in the next ten years. The next ten years is, is is key, isn't it? Or nine years now? Twenty thirty is that next goal. So, what can you see Zero Smart being able to achieve in that time? Have you got a detailed business plan, or has it been a bit more seat of the pants in the last uh, year or two? Yeah, we've got a we've got a strategy. We've got a plan in place. We know what we're trying to do. Uh, fundamentally, we're just trying to make it easy to, to get as many people involved and to get as many people taking positive action on climate. Um, so that's the absolute core of what we're doing. And um, we've looked at the numbers and we've, we've got a target of we want to help reduce the UK footprint, the entire the carbon footprint of the entire UK by 10% by 2030. Now, that sounds super ambitious, is arguably more ambitious than most government ministers are. Um, <laughs> it's, it's totally doable. Like the amount of people in the UK, about half of people in the UK are on a, a green energy tariff now. And the appetite is there. People want to do things that are good for the environment. It's just people don't necessarily know what to do or how to do it. It's people aren't being engaged on real solutions. People, it's not being made easy for them. You know, they're not, being told, hey, you can do this, like, this is how to do it, go ahead kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we're, we're trying to reduce that, that UK carbon footprint by 10% by 2030 and just engaging people on, on real, scientifically backed, accurate, verified solutions, you know, global impact as well, like 10% of the global footprint after that, I think. But 
no it's cool man it's gonna be uh, really interesting to see to see how you get on so um yeah you've got me sold to be honest i'll uh i'll do my bit promoting um not just through this but uh, otherwise so zerosmart.co.uk is the website I'll, I'll link to that in the description and all your social media channels too is it just a case of encouraging people to go and check out the website for now and following following you online yeah at the moment so people of course people should sign up and like that's a big part of kind of what we're doing and um, but yeah check it out see what you think like the projects are all linked on there on the our projects page you can see what we're supporting and why we're supporting it and how you have an impact so yeah check it out if you like it sign up share it with people you know the more people that get involved whether it's with us or with any any other organization like it's such an important thing I'm not bothered who you go with. I just want you to know that you can do things and you can make an impact. And, you know, it doesn't have to be crazy. You don't have to go vegan and grow dreadlocks and everything else. Like it, you can do things. And, you know, here, here's a solution that has an enormous impact that you can engage with. You know? Beautiful. It's a great way to sum things up. John, I really appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you very much, Ed. It's been a pleasure. Okay, mate. See you later. Cheers. And there it is. Thanks again, John, for your time today. Very interesting stuff. Do head over to zerosmart.co.uk and take a closer look at the service that John and his team offer. We've got more episodes in the pipeline, um, so do let us know what you think of the show so far or if there's anyone you would like us to interview or any businesses that you think would be relevant to our listeners. We're on social media as well, of course. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. And get in touch via the website if there's any feedback you have or yeah, anything else you'd like to know. Thanks again for listening.